The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hate nothing you have made, and you forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and honest hearts, so that truly repenting of our sins, we may receive from you, the God of all mercy, full pardon and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Joel, chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the aged. Gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? Word of God, word of life. Psalm 51, spoken responsively. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my offenses, and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and write in your judgment. Indeed, I was born steeped in wickedness, a sinner from my mother's womb. Indeed, you delight in truth deep within me and would have me know wisdom deep within. Remove my sins with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be purer than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, that the body you have broken may rejoice. 
Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my wickedness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Let me teach your ways to offenders, and sinners shall be restored to you. Rescue me from bloodshed, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. For you take no delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart. O God, you will not despise. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of the righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and in dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. 
Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that the alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not restore up, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace be with you, friends. In many ways, we don't need another reminder of our mortality this year. Nearly 950,000 people have died in our country from the coronavirus in just two years. In Europe, soldiers and civilians alike are dying due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And in our church, in our own church family, we have grieved many dear ones who have died in the last year. As we've heard the news out of Ukraine, I can't help but think of the last of that line from the third verse uh, from God of grace and God of glory. Cure your children's warring madness, the hymn sings. And how else can we describe these events besides madness? Cure humanity's warring madness, O God. The American novelist Kurt Vonnegut witnessed the madness of war as a POW in World War II. Vonnegut served in the U.S. Army in the 106th Infantry Division. He was captured by the Nazis and sent to a labor camp as a prisoner of war in Dresden, Germany. The American POWs were forced to work extremely long hours in a malt syrup factory, and at night they slept in a nearby slaughterhouse. On February 13, 1945, American and British bombers dropped 3,400 tons of explosives on Dresden, and much of the city burned for days. Vonnegut and his fellow POWs sheltered in the meat locker of the slaughterhouse in order to avoid the bombing. Vonnegut called the firebombing an utter destruction and carnage unfathomable. At least 25,000 civilians are believed to have died in the bombing, and other estimates are much higher. It was too many to bury, and so Vonnegut reported that the Germans used flamethrowers to turn the remains into ash. Ash Wednesday is a day to be honest about humanity's warring madness. I therefore can't help but think of those in Kharkiv and, Ky and Kyiv, Ukraine, who are huddled for shelter from bombing. And let's not forget other, other people in places like Aleppo, Syria, and Sana, Yemen. There is more and more ash in our world, lives and homes being turned into dust. At a prayer service on Monday, 
I heard Father Gregory Jensen, who is the priest at the Ukrainian Orthodox Church here in Madison, speak. And Father Gregory shared of the deep pain felt in the Eastern Orthodox Church during this current conflict because there is a religious conflict in addition to the geopolitical one. Now, we as Lutherans don't spend a lot of time in dialogue or time talking about or learning from our siblings in the Orthodox Church. And part of that is because the split between the East and the West in Christianity precedes the Lutheran Reformation by more than 500 years. It was in the Great Schism of 1054 that the Patriarch of Constantinople was excommunicated by the Church in Rome. And ever since, there has been this divide between the Eastern branch of Christianity and the Western one. There are some in the Orthodox Church today, like the Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew in Constantinople, who takes a more open approach to the West, both in its Christian and in its secular forms, both towards uh, people like us who kind of fall on that branch of the Christian tree and towards things like liberal democracy and science and things like that. But there are others, most notably several prominent leaders in the Russian Orthodox Church, who take a more conservative approach to Western ways of thinking. Father Gregory shared that many believe Putin is weaponizing this disagreement and is trying to recreate a past era when the Russian Orthodox Church was the center of Eastern Christianity. I share all of this both for our awareness as Christians in the world, but also because I believe that there are ways we can be peacemakers in our world of ash and dust, even in small ways. Father Gregory shared four ways he believed people like us could work for peace. First of all, he asked us for our prayers. Please continue to pray, he said. Pray not, pray not simply for Ukraine and Russia, but for the whole Orthodox Church. Second, he said, learn about us, by which he meant the Orthodox Church. Only about half a percent of the U.S. population is Orthodox, and little is known about Orthodox, even by Western Christian brothers and sisters, he said. Third, he said, don't simply learn about us for our sake. Learn about, it. learn about us for your sake as well. What he meant by this is we might better understand our world and what is happening if we are more aware of our Christian siblings in the Orthodox Church. And we might learn from a different perspective about the Jesus that we have in common. Finally, he implored us to learn from Ukraine that we might be inspired by their courage. And he mentioned as well the courage of those Russians who are protesting the war at home, often at great cost. I share this because I believe if we are honest about our sin and mortality this day, we will be better disciples of this world full of bombings and ash heaps. Lutheran World Relief and others are collecting for humanitarian and, refugee, uh, and the refugee crisis that is resulting from this conflict. One of the traditional practices of Lent is almsgiving, is giving to the poor. And so I encourage you as you reflect on your Lenten journey, your Lenten disciplines this year, to find ways to contribute to those in need, both locally and globally. As Jesus said, let's give so freely that our left hand won't know what our right hand is doing. Our readings for today are honest about our need for repentance and forgiveness. Joel, writing in a time of plague and conflict, sounds kind of familiar, speaks of days of darkness and gloom. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, the prophet said, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Likewise, Psalm 51, which is traditionally attributed to David, speaks of our need to be washed and reconciled with God. It strikes me this year that Ash Wednesday, as the beginning of the season of Lent, uh, is an invitation uh, into this baptismal journey. Because Lent has traditionally been a time of baptismal preparation for those who have never been baptized, in a time of baptismal reflection for those of us who have. It is a time to get back to the basics about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in this world as it is. 
Throughout church history, people have gone through a period of intense education and preparation for baptism during Lent so that they might be baptized on the night before Easter at the Easter vigil and rise with Jesus on Easter Sunday. Perhaps Ash Wednesday begins this journey for us by reminding us of the world's messes that need to be cleaned up, that all that is soiled by greed and hatred will need to be made clean. Personally as well, we can pray this day, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It seems to me that the journey to the bathtub often begins with the reflection that we could use a bath. And doesn't it feel so good after a day of hard work or after a long journey to take a shower or to take a bath? And what an invitation it is to the baptismal font to think of that feeling multiplied by eternity. What good is the washing of baptism if we don't think that we need to bathe? What good is the promise of resurrection if we deny that we will ever die? Ash Wednesday uncovers those illusions. The smudge of dirt that will go on your forehead reminds you that this is a time to think about washing up, to return to the welcoming waters of God's grace. The lifeless ashes reminds us that death is real, that there's no denying it, that it will continue to take people from us. But we know this day that this isn't the end of the story either. Yes, Ash Wednesday is a solemn day and an honest day, and we need it. But it is not a day that we need to pretend that the promises of God have abandoned us, that the grace of God is not available to us. God is not a liar this day or any day because God's love and grace, those promises, are always reliable, always available. The sign of the cross on our foreheads reminds us of something else. God joins us in the dirt, in the ash heaps of history. God and Jesus becomes dust like us and on our behalf. Jesus draws the bath of salvation for us and invites you to take the plunge. The cross of ash will be washed off in the waters of baptism and replaced with an anointing oil, a new sign of the cross, saying you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked by the cross of Christ forever. Even on our darkest days, the baptized are mark, marked with a cross of distilled sunshine, the oil of gladness. In this life, we cannot escape death for us or for our loved ones. But Jesus entered the grave on our behalf as well. So that even when the worst happens, when the impossible happens, when we stare into that grave, Jesus meets us there too. This Lent, marked with the sign of the cross, may we return to the Lord our God who is gracious and merciful. And may the God of mercy give us in our world peace. Amen.
Friends in Christ, with the whole church we enter the time of remembering Jesus' Passover from death to life, and our life in Christ is renewed. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and for God's mercy. We are created to experience joy in communion with God, to love one another, and to live in harmony with creation. But our sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation, so that we do not enjoy the life our Creator intended. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to a discipline that contends against evil and resists whatever leads us away from love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the gifts of word and sacrament. Let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three-day days of Jesus' death and resurrection. And now we confess our sins. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and before the whole company of heaven that we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength, We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God. We have shut our ears to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, O God. Our past unfaithfulness, the pride, envy, hypocrisy, and apathy that have infected our lives, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways, and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our negligence in prayer and worship, and our failure to share the faith that is in us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our neglect of human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, we confess to you. 
Have mercy on us, O God. Our false judgments, our uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our waste and pollution of your creation, and our lack of concern for those who come after us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Restore us, O God, and let your anger depart from us. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes be a sign of our mortality and penitence, reminding us that only by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ are we given eternal life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. At this time, you may be seated. And as you feel called to come forward, you can come to the center here and receive the imposition of ashes uh, on your forehead or on your hand. Uh, Just uh, indicate which one you prefer.
Accomplish in us, O God, the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Savior, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep us in eternal life. Amen. Please stand as you are able for the prayers. Drawn, ho- drawn close to the heart of God, we offer these prayers for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Renew your church, O oh God. When we have drifted from our call to proclaim repentance, and to guide your people toward justice. Lead us back to you. Encourage believers who hold the church's doors open to those who have felt excluded. Merciful God. Renew your creation, O God. Transform parched places into watered gardens and preserve every creature that awaits the arrival of spring. Turn each of us from practices of environmental exploitation to become responsible stewards of all you have made. Merciful God. Our prayer. Renew our civic life, O oh God. Teach those in authority to advocate for the liberation of all who are oppressed and grant them courage to make difficult decisions. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. Renew our lives, O God. Spare your people from diseases of the body, mind, or spirit and send healing to those overcome by illness or grief especially Randy, Denia, Jennifer, Rick, Vicki, Lynn, Harley, Kristen, Bob, and all those we name now, aloud or in our hearts. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, Merciful God, receive our prayer. Renew this congregation, O God. During these 40 days of Lent, confirm our sense of mission and expand our imagination for ministry. Deepen our faith, increase our love, and draw us into your unfolding work of healing and restoration. Merciful God, receive our prayer. As we mark ashes on our foreheads, we give you praise, O God, for all the saints who died and yet are alive with you. Receive us with them into your eternal grace. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God, we lift up special prayers today for peace for wisdom and justice to guide the rulers of the world. We ask for the safety of those who are in harm's way. Pray especially for the people of Ukraine. We pray for our Orthodox siblings. Locally, we pray for uh, Father Chris and the the, uh, congregation at Assumption Greek Orthodox Church, for Father Gregory and the congregation at Saints Cyril and Methodius Ukrainian Orthodox Church. We pray for uh, the church throughout the world of all types on the family tree of, of your church. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we will uh, 
receive our offering. We won't be passing a plate today, but there is a plate um, back by the baptismal font where you can leave an offering either when you come forward for communion or as you depart today. We'll hear our musical offering. Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and blood of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring this to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, it's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine, 
Bless this feast. Grace our table with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth, burning with justice, peace, and love. Come, Holy Spirit. With your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share a few instructions for communion. First of all, to friends, guests, and visitors, we want you to know that you are all very welcome to commune with us today. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. To commune today, you will uh, go to the side aisles and come forward. At the front of the sanctuary, there will be uh, two tables up here where you will grab an empty cup and bring it to the railing with you. At the railing, you'll receive bread, and your cup will be filled with wine. If you desire gluten-free or grape juice, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them and bring them with you to the railing. After you've communed, you'll return down the center aisle, placing your cup in the bowl here by the center aisle, and return to your place uh, in the pews. Receive this invitation to communion. God's love is poured out in Christ for you. Open yourselves to receive it.
May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful God, accompany our journey through these 40 days. Renew in us the gift of baptism that we may provide for those who are poor, pray for those in need, fast from self-indulgence, and above all, that we may find our treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Thanks be to God. 